celebrate good times, people. 8,000 people, 90 churches, 33 countries, a very challenging month with uh, bad news and good news all mingled up together to celebrate together a brand new year. And just in way of review, let me show you all of the artwork that's been part of this Christmas challenge. We started with making room for preparation and you'll see that this is John the Baptist and it's the stump. And if you've been following along with Betty Dickinson and I on Wednesdays, we've been reviewing all of these pieces of art, asking God to show us just from a different angle and maybe even into a deeper place, what these things could possibly mean for us preparing ourselves. Then we went on and we made some room for the, our, our own limits. This is the angel coming to Mary. And we talked a lot about the labor of surrender, about receiving that word and letting Christ be formed in us and birthing Christ into the world. A very powerful challenge and example from the person of Mary. And then we made room for the marginalized. And we talked through the shepherds and we talked through how God is extravagantly generous and radically uh, inclusive in the good news of the gospel. And this is the essence of the good news, that it is for everyone, everywhere. And God goes out of his way to make sure everybody knows that. And then uh, last week, we had a look at and a divine scene look uh, at uh, making room for justice. And we had a look at Mary's words and the Magnificat that has caused, provoked so much emotion over the years. And uh, we allowed uh, ourselves to be led by our hearts and in a spiritual reflection, which was um, different. And hopefully you really enjoyed that. I know I did. And seeing that way, just through a different lens, instead of just through that my academic mind, allowing my heart to be open to encounter and to conversation with Jesus is so refreshing. And so that was wonderful. And, uh, and now we're just celebrating and we're gonna have the time and hear the testimony, the witness of people who have put Jesus at the center during this challenging season and what it's meant to them personally. And this is a very powerful way to celebrate, as a matter of fact, is to witness, is to celebrate with the gratitude and the overflow of our lives to say, I have seen Christ in my life. I have seen the spirit at work in my life. I have seen God shown up in small moments and big moments and surprising moments and even mundane moments. And hearing people's testimony, hearing people's witness to this is one of the most powerful ways we then encounter Christ as well. And there is a passage of scripture that helps us with this and uh, it, in the narrative in Luke's gospel. And it is the passage in Luke chapter two of Simeon. Now there's also another witness uh, who is Anna. Now these are older, these are elderly people who are faithful to the promises of God and they've dedicated themselves and been promised that they will see the Messiah. They will see the coming one, the expectant one before they die. And so both of them are a witness. We're just gonna have a look at Simeon, although Anna's a really good example of a divine witness as well. And sometimes we need these witnesses among us and we are witnesses of what God is doing, where we see God at work. And this is so powerful. As a matter of fact, your witness, your testimony about what God has done is so powerful. It's listed as one of three things in the book of Revelation that overcomes the enemy. 
So if you're feeling defeated at all, you know, if you're feeling like the enemy's winning in your life, there's three things the book of Revelation says that you should keep in mind if you want to be overcoming that sort of onslaught or that fear or that oppression that you feel coming against you. The first is what Jesus has done, the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus has done, a power greater than us, something God is taking care of, sin, death, shame, fear, guilt, all of it's gone. So what Jesus has done, and then also the word of our testimony. So this is our witness about what God has done for us. So I want you to be prepared and all the people that have taken this challenge, the 8,000 people that have taken this challenge have all been asked if they want to witness. And so we'll be finding ways to let those witnesses out. But even in your own life, maybe it's time to declare what God has done for you in your life with somebody around you so that you can be an encouragement. You can be a witness. The third thing, by the way, in Revelation is that you don't love your life so much as to shrink from death. You're not so afraid of witnessing that you'll just sink back and shrink away from it, but you'll stand up and witness to what God has done. The world needs more witnesses for goodness, by the way. The Lord needs more witnesses of his power that's at work, even in our everyday lives. And I think sometimes we don't really think it's that big of a deal because for us, it might be normal for God to show up, even in small little ways. Maybe it's just a quiet whisper of his presence with us. Maybe it's just an overflow of gratitude. Maybe it's eyes to see that like God is at work everywhere and there's wonder and beauty in it. And we just keep it back because we feel like it's too, it's not enough. You know, we're looking for these massive things that happen. But Simeon's a great example of how something very small actually becomes this divine witness to the power of God and how he partners with God in sharing his witness. So that's what I want to talk about. And here it is from Luke chapter two. Let's read the scripture together. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Wow, that's the account of Simeon. And there's a, a few things um, that I want you to think about in terms of like words that are said in this passage that might be helpful to us to learn how we become witnesses uh, to the work of God in the world. The first is that Simeon had eyes to see. He saw something. Now, everybody else just saw a poor family doing what was required by the law. That's what the scripture says. They were just doing, it wasn't a special day. They weren't like, behold, Jesus has come to the, like, there was no, it wasn't Lion King. There was no Simba presentation. This was just a baby like every other baby and parents going through the ritual required by law. And Simeon saw it was more than that. Simeon saw something. His eyes were attuned. The Holy Spirit was on him to help him see what looks completely normal, what looks completely mundane as something sacred, as something holy, as something special happening. And this is what the Holy Spirit can do. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians, it says that God would enlighten our minds 
that we might grasp knowledge that is beyond our mind, right? That there's an enlightenment that God wants to give us vision to see what looks ordinary, that looks mundane, that looks completely natural and see that in that natural thing, God is deeply at work. God is deeply at work. Maybe you see this um, like at the grocery store, you know, when someone's kind to someone or when someone offers to take your card, or maybe you see this at school when a kid shares his lunch with someone who forgot his, or maybe you see this, you know, all around you as mothers care for their children in sacrificial ways. And you just haven't, you know, or maybe just, you know, your husband emptied the dishwasher and, and instead of just sort of going, well, that's nice once in a while, it might just be like, whoa, I see that. That was a gift. That is gratitude. It's a divine scene. How is God working in the world? What is he bringing forth that's going to bring forth the glory of God? How uh, does God see the world? Uh, Richard Rohr talks about when he sends people out on uh, retreats. When people go to a retreat, he's a spiritual director. And um, he says what he does is he puts a line in the sand and he invites everyone to go for a walk with God. But on the sand, he says, this is the line of beholding. And as soon as you cross this line, instead of just walking, I want you to behold. I want you to behold God at work. And he says absolutely every single time people cross that line, they come back from that walk seeing things that God has shown them. That's what I mean, eyes to see. Simeon had eyes to see because the Holy Spirit revealed to him what looked completely normal was actually packed with the supernatural. And that's what I'm asking God to show me as well. Here's another phrase from that scripture. Simeon was moved by the Spirit. Simeon was moved by the Spirit. So in other words, he wasn't spectating, he was participating. He wasn't spectating, he was participating. Now, when you think about this in the light of celebration and good times and having a party, you know, there is the worst party you've ever gone to is when everyone's just standing around the edges, like kind of remember grade eight grade school dances and everyone's just like, I will not be the first to dance. The best parties you go to are when people are totally in and bringing everybody in with them. They're moved by the Spirit. Simeon is not just content to say, ah, I see what God is doing and applaud God from a distance. Simeon is moved by the Spirit to enter in, to participate with God. And this will bring us to the third thing that Simeon does, which I absolutely love. He embraces Christ. He embraces Christ. It actually says he took him in his arms. He takes him. And I love that so much. Simeon is not content just to see it from a distance. He wants to move in and participate with his life. The temptation for us to spectate, to critique from the sidelines is so high in today's world. Honestly, it is one of the growing crimes, actually, is non-participation, our bystanders who refuse to get involved. And I don't know if the reason for this is because we're on our phones and we're, we're kind of being trained and spectating, we're watching horrific things even from a distance, we're commenting, but from the sidelines. But participation, actually saying no, getting involved, actually being part of the story, that's what Simeon is doing, moved by the Spirit. You know, that same term, moved by the Spirit, is used a lot in Jesus' life. The Spirit of compassion. Uh, Jesus is moved to compassion. He's moved to action. And even the word compassion itself means so disturbed from the inside that you have to act on it. Uh, this movement is practice, moving with God, seeing the way God sees, and then moving and embracing what it is that God has in front of you, the way that God is showing up, taking that into your arms, taking Jesus into your arms. 
uh, is part of what this is. And then what happens after that, when there's a participation and in just instead of just spectating, what happens is what I like to call overflow, overflow. And the overflow is the witness. The overflow is the testimony, the overflow. It's not like we're conjuring up, what are we gonna say? We're literally just overflowing with what's happening in our participation of embracing where God is at in the world. We see what God's doing. We have open, the eyes of our hearts have been enlightened so that we can see God at work in the world. And by the way, keep in mind, Simeon's been at this for a long time. He's been waiting a long time. And here the Messiah is and this little baby, this poor little baby from a poor family. And Simeon sees it coming. It reminds me of Elisha praying for rain. And he sees, what do you see in the cloud? I see the cloud the size of a fist, the scripture says. And he's like, right, that's rain coming. That's rain coming. I can see God doing something in the midst of what looks like God is not on the move at all. We need people who can see God at work. I can see God at work. I really can't. I can see God moving. I'm challenging you to do the same, but not just from a distance. Be moved by the spirit to participate. I want to be part of what God's doing. And to do that, I need to embrace Christ in my life. And out of that posture, the overflow. And what you're gonna witness are people in overflow, people testifying not to what God can do, but what God has done. Not to where God should show up, but where God did show up. Not, not in things that, you know, in theory, this is how it should be, fancy theology. No, in practice, this is how it was. That's what I want you to experience. I was uh, in a, a, a exercise class this last week and the exercise class was involved a lot of stretching and deep breathing. And the instructor at the beginning of the class said, I want this class to be special. I want you to breathe in very deeply, but when you breathe out, I want you to actually groan. <laughs> and this was really, I don't know if, how many exercise classes you take, but it was new for me. I was just like, this is a bit weird. But as I did it, I breathed in. And every time I breathe in, I always invite the Holy Spirit to fill my body. Just Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, please fill me. And then I groaned out. And as that was happening, as that class was happening, I realized I had so much to groan about. You know, like I needed to let some of that stuff out. And actually in the scriptures, it talks about how the Holy Spirit intercedes with us with groanings that can't even be understood. There's like a guttural level that we can express where God understands without words. He doesn't need our words. He knows what's happening on the inside of our spirits. And after the class, I went to the instructor and I just said to her, like, you have no idea how much I needed that today. And I'm so grateful that you led this because God really spoke to me during the class. I saw that this class wasn't just a coincidence. It was God at work. It was God using this everyday normal class that I would take just to like exercise my body. And, and, and Jesus showed up for me in that place. The Holy Spirit came to me in that place. And I shared that. The overflow of my heart was to share that with the instructor. And the instructor began to weep. And we had a moment together where she understood that the work that she did was uh, God was present in. God was present in and using her and available to her. The spirit of Christ is at work all around us all the time. If we had eyes to see, if we were allowing the spirit to move us, to embrace Christ right where we are, and then the overflow is for us to witness to it. I wonder what you need this week. 
as you hear these testimonies of people, maybe you need just a refresher. Maybe you need to like, just say to God, please, would you open my eyes? Maybe you need to be moved by the spirit. Maybe you already know where God's working, but you haven't mustered up the courage to move with God to participate in that. Maybe someone around you needs to know that you see God at work, that you see what God is doing, that you see God is present even in their mundane, seemingly ordinary and long waiting experience of reality. And maybe you need to just embrace Christ who shows up right in that place. Maybe it's at your work or in your family or a distant person or on the other side of the globe. Maybe it's somebody that you just need to write a note to or an email to and say, you know what? I meant to tell you, I see God at work. I can see Christ right here. And I want to overflow with the good news of this. And that's what we see in Simeon's life. And that's what we see in the lives of people who have shared their stories with us today. And man, are we so grateful that what looks like an ordinary, mundane, regular week is actually holy and sacred and filled with Christ, with good news. And I'm praying that you'll live in overflow this year, that this year would be a time where all of us could see God at work, could be moved by the Spirit to embrace Christ where He shows up in our lives and in our world, and that we would overflow with the good news that this is how God comes. Let me pray with you. God, thank you so much for Simeon, for witnesses, for the witnesses that we've heard and we will hear more of. Thank you that you are at work in this world, that you're at work in our world, in our minds, in our hearts, in our relationships. Thank you, God, that your promises are true, that you show up even in the most unlikely circumstances. There you are. Would you open our eyes? Would you move us? Would you help us to embrace you in the midst of our everyday lives? And God, help us to overflow with the good news that you are with us. You are with us. We celebrate this year as a year of new possibilities, believing that you're going to show up just like you did for Simeon. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year. Infinitum is a part of my daily practice regularly, but tying in infinitum with this idea of um, connecting to the Christmas story has been so powerful for me. What's been great about the Christmas challenge in this exact season of time when it's Christmas and lots of hecticness is just to have um, just another a fresh version of just options of where to connect and like to hear the meditations and to really, like I'm a dancer. So the postures really um, speak to me. So every day there's a challenge related to these postures that are part of my everyday life. But every day I ask myself where I see this particular posture in the Christmas story. And it has brought so many new ideas to a incredibly familiar story. I think that everybody could find connection through the body movements. Um, but basically to put your soul out into your body, uh, really connects the whole world together. So I've had a little bit of taste of that. Danielle's brought that into the meeting house a few times, but to have a sort of concentration on it has been amazing. I just thoroughly enjoyed how these postures inside of the Christmas narrative brought the Christmas story alive. So each day as we are challenged to think about generosity or surrender or mission, it, it I scan the horizon of this familiar Christmas story and have discovered new aspects to that story. So one of those was talking about the power of community, 
which brought my mind to the wise men, which we don't know a ton about, but it does seem like there was more than one of them. It's this familiar story, but these postures nestled into the Christmas story brought the Christmas story to life to me in a completely different way this year. One of the parts of the challenge I've loved was having uh, the Visio Divina moments with the artist um, Bette Dickinson and to have the conversation between Danielle and Bette illuminate the images. My biggest new in this process is this is my first ever official Advent season. I was not raised in a faith tradition that practiced that. So this was my first time, which is part of the reason why I did the challenge. How much do we sometimes get too busy in our heads and we need to actually silence to actually take in what God's really doing? And we can't always just explain what God is doing because he's like amazing and beyond sometimes our own mind and comprehension. But if we just relax and let go and just take it in, we can experience so much more of who he is.